Hey guys, this is Tyler Padgett. I'm the lead pastor of the Courageous Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. And my hope is that this podcast encourages you, that it builds your faith, and that it pushes you to make a difference. You can join us in person on the weekends, Sundays at 9.30 and 11, at any one of our locations across the Ozarks. Check out our social media pages to find a campus near you. I believe you're listening today for a reason. Let's do this. Turn up the volume and let's go. So today I'm preaching on something that I try not to preach, but I got the green light from God last week to preach about it. And so today I'm talking about the spirit of Jezebel. Now, this is not something that if this is your first time, please come back when I'm preaching something a little more happy. But today I'm going to preach it because God said to preach it. Um, Now, something happened last week. I preached on demons last week. Another one of those. Don't want to preach it, but I'm going to anyway. Sermons. And last week, when I said the word demons, the stream from the north side to this campus shut off. I said the word demons and it shut off. And the second service, we prayed that that wouldn't happen and it didn't, okay? So the team got on it right away and on Monday morning they got city utilities together and said something happened to our power. Something happened to our power at this time. And so they had a sensor they went and looked at and they said, oh yes, at that exact moment, there was a power anomaly that happened. That means the disruption in power took place the moment I said demons and it took down this whole campus for five minutes. That is what the enemy wants to do. He wants to create power anomalies in the church. He wants to create tensions and unseen things and use darkness and, 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 and manipulation and control to stop his church. People, I said it last week and I want to say it again. I would rather deal with a hundred demons than one Jezebel. I'd rather deal with a hundred demons than one Jezebel. And the hardest things I've had to deal with as a pastor and leading for all these years is the spirit of Jezebel in the church. Jezebel doesn't have to be a woman. I've had a male Jezebel I had to deal with at one point. He did all the stuff Jezebel did. It just, he was a dude. Typically though, because it works in the covert and in the suggestive manners. It's really not about sex. It's about control. Uh, it's typically a feminine thing, but it doesn't have to be. And I can, I can tell you for sure that some of that I've dealt with weren't. And so let's talk about Jezebel, the person. Are you ready? And if this is your first time, welcome. <laughs> first Kings 21 verse one. Now Naboth, the Jezreelite had a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Ahab is key because Ahab is Jezebel's weak husband. Verse two, after this, Ahab said to Naboth, give me your vineyard. Ahab had tons of vineyards. Ahab had everything he needed, but he wanted what Naboth had. Naboth was not a rich man. Give me your vineyard that I may have it for a vegetable garden because it is near my house and it will give you, I'll give you a better vineyard for it. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you the value in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, there's some things that aren't about money. There's some things that are about spiritual principles. And he said, the Lord forbid. So this isn't even about me. This is about God's will for my family. The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. So he put a biblical, or I'm sorry, he put a spiritual imperative on no. And it is important that when we deal with the spirits of Ahab and Jezebel, we put the spiritual imperative on it that says no. 
No, we will not relent. We will not allow. We will not, we will not conform. We will not, we will not join with you. Four, Ahab flipped out. He went into his house vexed and sullen, throwing a fit because of what Naboth the Jezreelite had said to him. For he said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would eat no food. What a spoiled freaking brat. What a grown baby man. This is the kind of dude you don't want to marry. You don't want to marry a powder. You don't want to marry a crier. You don't want to marry uh, I'm going to go to the bedroom and pout kind of man. This is who he was. I'm going on a hunger strike because I didn't get what I want. But this is where, because he gave up his authority and he was dealing in dishonest authority. Five, Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, why is your spirit so vexed, Ahab, that you eat no food? And he said to her, because I spoke to Naboth, the Jezreelite, and said to him, give me your vineyard for money or else if I give it to you, please you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. And Jezebel, his wife, said to him, do you now govern Israel? Arise and eat bread and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. I will be your solution. I will be your advocate. I will be your source. So she co-opted Ahab's power and wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with the seal. She sent the letters to the elders and the leaders who lived with Naboth in the city. She, tra- she created a pressure system on Naboth by pulling power structures together to point at one person who just wanted to do the will of God for his family, nine. And she wrote in the letters, proclaim a fast and set Naboth at the head of the people and set two worthless men opposite him and let them bring a charge against him saying, you have cursed God and the king, then take him out and stone him to death. And so that happened. They killed Naboth. Jezebel manipulated the entire situation They brought false charges against him. And at the end of the day, Jezebel went to Ahab and said, listen, Ahab, I got you what you wanted. Here you go. And Ahab's like, I'm a good boy. I'm a big boy. I've got my special vegetable garden. Jezebel was a power-wielding, controlling, power-obsessed, controlling queen And she wanted to gain power and control no matter what it cost. That's the kind of thinking that permeated the leadership of the Israelites under Jezebel and Ahab's rule. There is no Jezebel without an Ahab to give her power. And so Jezebel decided, I'm going to get what I want no matter the human cost and no matter the spiritual cost. She took control of her husband saying, cheer up, I got this. And Ahab did what Adam did. Adam abdicated his authority as the man of the house and as the spiritual leader of his family. Adam said, well, I'll eat the apple that you give to me. And then when God came to him, he said, who was that woman you gave me? From Adam to Ahab, weak men create spiritual strongholds in families. And, And Jezebel took control of the situation because she had come from a very bad spot. Her father's name was Eth Baal. Her father had passed her around and used her for all manner of wicked sacrifice and wicked worship and all this. 
He traded and used her terribly and she was powerless and said, never again will I be powerless. She took offense into her spirit. That Greek word for offense is scandalon. And offenses in our lives are a trap set by the adversary to open our heart up to spiritual strongholds. Did you hear that? It's important to forgive. It's important to repent. It's important not to let stuff sit in your spirit because when you do allow offenses to sit in your spirit, it creates a handhold for the enemy to use against you later. And so her flesh cried out, never again will I be powerless. And, and, and this person who felt wounded, this Jezebel, became lawless and she took Ahab's power and created a consortium of elders and city leaders and turned it all against Naboth. It is really, really, really demonic. She also set up her own temples of worship. Jezebel, in the land of Israel, where people were worshiping Jehovah God, she, she set up altars to worship Baal and altars to worship Ashtoreth. And she created whole temples around it. So she created counterfeit worship in God's covenant land with God's covenant people. And, and she tried to kill the real the real uh, called of God. Here's what 1 Kings 18 and 4 says about Jezebel. Once when Jezebel, this is 1 Kings 18 and 4, once when Jezebel had tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, 1 Kings 18 and 4, once when Jezebel had tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had to go and hide a hundred of them in two caves. He put 50 prophets in each cave and supplied them with food and water. Do you see the hatred in Jezebel's heart to not just create false worship, but to kill true worship? To kill the people that spoke for God? Like Jezebel hated the prophetic. Jezebel hated for anybody to speak for God. Jezebel hated all authority she wasn't submitted to any authority, not even her husband's, not even God's, and she used spiritual manipulation to control. The method of Jezebel was seduction, and it really wasn't sexual. It was, come here, I'll take care of you. I'll get you the vineyard. Seduction to manipulate the heart to create loyalty and allegiance with the desire on the end to be control. Like, Jezebel probably wanted lots of attention. Jezebel probably had, a, had to have lots of meetings to, in order to get, for her to get control. Jezebel had a meeting before the meeting and a meeting after the meeting, and she desired to control out, all outcomes, and she was a lot to deal with, and never in Scripture is her name spoken of positively. And so we know she was an evil woman that lived. But now I want to bring you to Revelation 2 and 20, and this is where we come in. This is written to the church at Thyatira, in the New Testament. So we've jumped from Old Testament to New Testament. And so what was a woman is now spoken of in Revelation 2. It says this, verse 20, notwithstanding, I have a few things against you. And, and a lot of people have started preaching this, but I used these notes in 2006 and preached this a long time ago. I updated it and worked it a little bit. But honestly, like this is something that always comes against God's church. And the frustrating part for me is 
People are always blinded to it and don't understand it. But it is the most common thing I, as a spiritual leader, have ever dealt with and has caused more carnage, more fallout, more people to be lost than anything I've dealt with in the church. That's as real as I can say it. And so here we go. This is where it gets powerful and we need to be aware of Revelation 20, written to the church at Thyatira. But these New Testament churches are all written, the letters to the New Testament churches are all written to check us and awaken us. Revelation 2.20, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee because you suffer that woman Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. This is a thousand years after Jezebel died. This was written a thousand years after she had passed off the earth. Understand something. Jezebel is not just a person, it's a spirit, and it's something that I in America have dealt with a ton. And he says, like verse 21, I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and everybody who commits adultery with her, this is not, these are not describing sex acts so much as they're describing spiritual entanglements and the seductions that come by stealing away the worship of God for somebody else. I'll, I'll, I'll cast her in a bed, then they commit adultery with her in a great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. 23, this is strong. I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts, and I will give unto every one of you according to your works. But unto you I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine by which you have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none, of that, none other burden. Okay, the big point that I want you to see here is God hates it. He wants the church to be intolerant of it, not to suffer it. And he wants us to understand that it wasn't just a thousand-year-old problem back in the nation of Israel. It's a current problem now in the New Testament church. The name Jezebel means without cohabitation or unhusbanded. It is a total rejection of God's established order of authority. Verse 20 says, she calleth herself a prophetess. There's always this presentation of somebody who has become a host for the spirit of Jezebel to present themselves as spiritually aware and to have lots of spiritual backing. Somebody who always has a dream or a word from God or they call themselves a prophet or a prophetess. There's always some level of exalted anointing. Uh, it could, it could, it's always somebody who others think, oh, they're probably spiritually mature. This person could only have the highest of motives. Understand something. This spirit must be resisted by the church. And I don't go around labeling everything like that. But over the course of 20 years, I've dealt with five that really, really, really took a toll on people in the church. The spirit must be resisted. But the good news is, it's not a strong spirit. But it is strong when nobody knows what it is. It's important when we come against that spirit, we gotta say no, mean no, and act no, regardless of its threats, because Jezebel always tries to run you down, run you out, or run you crazy. And spirits are not gender specific. But this spirit works best in women because it's, it accomplishes its devilish manipulation through deception, manipulation, 
and control and typically does it without force, but does it through suggestion. And the key thing about the Jezebel spirit in the church is this, it will never, ever, ever repent. Repentance is a huge key for every believer. Every believer needs to be fully acquainted and willing to repent. Our approach to God should be one of repentance. I prayed over the Springfield Day of Prayer, National Prayer Deck Breakfast this week, and it was a, it was a, it was a wonderful event uh, for our city and state, national, uh, county, city leadership was there, and I prayed the beginning of the prayer. And I started the prayer with a call to repentance because if we don't need to repent, we are placing ourselves in the position of almost being equal with God. I approach God knowing he is God and I'm not him and that all the time I miss the mark and that I need the help and grace that only a savior, savior provides. But this spirit of Jezebel will never repent. It avoids repentance because the spirit of Jezebel wants to put a natural control on the pulpit, on the people, on the leadership, and on the church. And just like a moth to a flame, the spirit of Jezebel attacks itself and attracts itself to spiritual leaders. That's why Jezebel joined herself to Ahab for power's sake. And so, what Jezebel will do will carry on a silent war or a war of intimidation with God's appointed spiritual leadership. It'll use suggestion. It'll use manipulation. It'll use snide remarks, facial expressions, but nothing that could ever be pointed out as a, as a problem. It's just a consistent drip, drip, drip of undermining what God wants to do. And the Lord is clear about it in Revelation 2 and 22. I will cast her into a bed and everybody that's joined with her of great tribulation, except they repent. That's Revelation 2 and 22. I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. One author likened this spirit that we read about in the New Testament to a black widow. He called it a black widow spirit. And if you understand the black widow spider, the black widow spider is intimate with another spider and then kills it after it mates with it. And that's what, spiritually speaking, the Jezebel spirit does. It's constantly in a silent war with God's appointed leadership. And so, here's some red flags of the manipulation of Jezebel. First off, Jezebel wants to be intertwined with the hearts and work of the church and then be able to hold leadership hostage where they can't confront it. When I create it, we're, we're, we're all too afraid to say, hey, you can't do that. Well, everybody would be too afraid to say, you can't treat people like that. They wanna, they wanna make God's spiritual leadership so afraid that they don't say, this is not about you, this is about Jesus. This is Jesus' church. They want you to think the fallout would be so great and the confusion would be so completely destabilizing the church that you should never, ever call them out and you just gotta work with them. Listen, this is not that kind of church. This is not that kind of church. Now, we're not looking for trouble, but we're not afraid of a fight. And ultimately, the collateral damage of spiritual attack upon the church I cannot be responsible for that. We have to do what God says because it is his church. And so here's some red flags of Jezebel's manipulation. They're way too obsessed with winning you over. 
They want you to believe that you really couldn't make it without them. It's somebody who always has relational strings attached to every good thing they do for you. Um, they want you to believe that you won't know how to be successful without them. It's somebody who's always scratching for more authority in your life. People who will manipulate you by saying, you don't understand me. You need to spend more time with me so, 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 so you can understand me and lead me better. Or you're not listening to my ideas. Or this is the one I get. <laughs> this is, this is, oh, so many times. My old church or pastor wasn't as attentive and as good as you, which means I got to live up to this now. But you left that church and you want this church to be like that one. It's just a big mess. Questions like, well, are my gifts significant here and can they be used here? Yes, if they're submitted to God, but no, if they're not, you will sit down and shut up. People that are not, this is a key, they're not submitted to spiritual leadership. They're always at odds with God's chosen order of authority in the church, but they always have a word from God. That's not okay. We don't play like that. People who are always, hear me, contending for their preferences and withdrawing their approval from anything they don't control. No, we must resist that spirit. That is not God's church because Jezebel's ultimate desire in the church is always control. It's a, it's a spirit that's always motivated by its own agenda, which it relentlessly, satanically, and supernaturally continues to pursue at all costs. Jezebel hates male authority. Like Jezebel wants to neutralize the strong voice of the church and a discerning, fearless leader is the greatest enemy to the spirit of Jezebel. Leaders in the church that aren't afraid to say, hey, that's not our heart. Like the best thing we can do as a church is to live out our values and that we live them out so clearly that when somebody comes in and they have a different heart, we all repel back like, what is this? This is not who we are. It's one of the greatest protections for a church. This spirit of Jezebel uses fear to control God's people. And when you say no, oh, it's on. They will attack you. They will create uh, consortiums of people against you. They will then feign hurt and draw people to them in sympathy. They'll do whatever they have to do to create their own, like Jezebel had, their own false prophets. But the thing about Jezebel's false prophets is this. They were all neutered. They were all eunuchs. All of Jezebel's prophets were, 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 were eunuchs. And so we are not going to live in subtlety and deception in God's house. We are not gonna use flattery to dominate people around us. We are not gonna allow people that have spirits of manipulation, whether by guilt or by undermining or by discrediting, to have influence in God's church. We are not gonna let people who use flirtation to manipulate others, and we're not gonna allow jealousy to, to, uh, of the gifts of others to rule the day, and that's how Jezebel works. And as I'm speaking this, every spirit in the world is trying to stop me. But I wanna stop talking to you and talk to the spirit of the age and say, you can't stop me from saying it. You will not control this pulpit. You will not control the word of God spoken over here. Because it always takes an Ahab to leave a Jezebel unchallenged. 
And so typically the families of people that are under Jezebel's influence are often completely out of order. The husband is not leading, he is not proactive, he is not vocal, he is submissive and secondary to the dominating of the the Jezebelic person in the house. One thing that I've noticed from people that have been controlled by a Jezebel spirit is they will never admit they're wrong. They will never say, you know what, you're probably right. They'll never say, you know what, I'll pray about it. They'll never say, you know what, please forgive me. It will never come out of their mouth. They they are spiritually incapable of saying that. And many of you have removed yourself from people because you have felt their desire for control over your life. And I'm not saying it was a Jezebel, but if there's a spiritual component to it, it was a Jezebel. The spirit of Jezebel wants credit for everything. Like they never, take, they never take responsibility for what they did that was wrong, but they want credit for everything that's good. And, 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 and here's the thing about the heart in our church. We don't see you as, as, as just gifted. We see you as a gift. We don't want something from you. We want something for you. I know that the greatest growth you can have in your life is to live out your calling in Christ, okay? But the spirit of Jezebel uses people to accomplish its own agenda, and it's a clever agenda, and it is so manipulative, and I've, I've had to confront Jezebels before, and it, they use confusion. They'll, they'll, they'll bring facts and try to confuse you, and one of the phrases that will put that spirit back on its heels is to say, I am not confused. I am not confused. Because the Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. And so that spirit of Jezebel will try to get a lot of information and withhold that information and place themselves above people as though they know something that you don't know. And so this is a powerful weapon of control. Another thing that the spirit of Jezebel does, it wants to be involved in everything. In its desire to control, it will volunteer for everything. It will, it will get involved in everything. And Jezebel will manipulate situations and lie so much. And then when confronted will miraculously be able to navigate their way through it without ever acknowledging that they lied. It never gives credit or shows gratitude. It, 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 uses, it uses hints and insinuation to create doubt over God's spiritual leadership. It will take credit for others' ideas It will be pushy and domineering in one phrase and then so nice where nobody could possibly believe it in the next. When they meet somebody new, they put their best foot forward and people around them are like, what is this? It sows the seed of discord. It operates in a spirit of revenge and it attempts to make it look like you're the one with the problem. It's a know-it-all spirit. It works in total ambition. It will use gift-giving to woo you over. And it hides for periods of time, then it comes to life and it creates all kinds of havoc in a church. The attitude and heart behind it is don't serve Christ, serve me. Don't serve Christ, serve my little corner of the church. No, this is a Jesus church. We are Jesus people. And if you allow her, to get you in her grasp, whether you know it or not, you will become a spiritual eunuch and unable to have any kind of power with God at all. 
Jezebel completely turns neutral people. Hello, all the eunuchs became hers. And Jezebel's only comfort with the neutered people, not with the more powerful people. But the prophet Jehu threw it down and threw that spirit down, and I'll read it with one simple clarifying question. Who is on the Lord's side? We must never become unclear about the question when it is asked, who is on the Lord's side? If somebody has won your heart and caused your mind to be confused and made you feel like this is the special lane of spiritual Navy SEALs and everybody else is just kind of allowed to be here. If that has happened to you, you need to find a space for repentance because this is God's church and we are on the Lord's side. It's a spirit that must be rejected. It's demonic, it never repents, it will never repent, and it wants tolerance, but tolerating it leads to its dominance. And Jezebel prays on the spiritual innocence of people, seduces people by winning their affections, by caring so much, by providing so much, by sacrificing so much, but there are huge strings attached the Bible tells us to know, oh man, anything but the debt of love. But when you start feeling all those strings attached, understand it's that black widow spirit that's come to bring destruction upon you and the church. Jezebel spirit, if you think about Elijah, I want you to see it. He was on Mount Carmel and he called down fire from heaven and he hacked up all the prophets of Baal and he won a spiritual victory, but one threatening word from, a, from, from Jezebel caused him to go into a deep, dark depression and just want to die. That is a spirit, people. It's because that spirit wants to isolate spiritual leadership by building so much relational equity with others that the fear of fallout becomes so great that that person terrifies God's prophetic leader. But this is not a strong spirit and it will be met with intolerance. We will not tolerate the spirit of Jezebel in the church. I ain't preaching this for another, do the math, 2023 minus 2006. I'm not preaching this for another 15 years. This is not a strong spirit. And, and they'll say, oh, he's being mean. No, he's resisting an ungodly spirit of control that wants to suck the life out of the church and capture God's praise for itself. The goal of a Jezebel spirit is to steal the loyalty of the house away from God and disable the obedience of God's people and to appoint themselves as the intermediary to be feared between the people and leadership or the people in God and the people must see it. Jezebel was only thrown down after Jehu said, who's on the Lord's side? And the same eunuchs that she had made her own threw her down. Neutral people have to rise up and say, we are God's people. This is God's church, and we are on the Lord's side. When I was elected pastor of this church in 2004, there was a Jezebel that had taken control of various families in the church and had terrorized women in this church with her terrible behavior. I had never pastored as a senior pastor a day in my life, but I knew this was not of God and it had gone on long enough. And so in our first meeting, Renee and I together sat down with this person 
brought them to our house and said, today it ends. If we see, and, and they had done terrible things and had attacked families and, and, had, and had, had ruined marriages. We sat that person down and said, we're not even speaking to the person at this point, we're speaking to a spirit. And, and, and to let them know, we will not be intimidated. And if we see one thing, one thing, you're out. We will not allow God's church to be terrorized by any spirit. And I've got a lot more gray now and a lot more miles on me now, but we still feel that same resolve that this is God's church and we are God's people. And, and, and I am not confused. So after, after those 850 of her prophets were killed by Elijah on Mount Carmel, it says in 1 Kings 19.2, Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. This is how empowered she felt to threaten God's prophet after he had called down fire from heaven. That's gutsy. That's, that's satanic. But Jezebel was allowed to prosper because Ahab wouldn't lead and I'm calling out the Ahab spirit. Every, every man who won't lead his home spiritually, you need to find a place to pray and ask God to change your heart. Every, every one of you who has made a cottage industry about dealing with your hurt by using manipulation to get the control that you feel like makes you secure, today you need to repent. I'm just saying if you feel a hint of what I'm saying, I am challenging you to repent and break the curse. Repentance breaks the curse over anybody's life. This is what the scripture says about the end of Jezebel, 2 Kings 9, 30. When Jehu came to Jezreel, this is 2 Kings 9, 30. When Jehu came to Jezreel, Jezebel heard it and she painted her eyes. She didn't repent, she got more seductive. She painted her eyes. This is 2 Kings 9, 30. She painted her eyes and adorned her head and looked out of the window, 31, and as Jehu entered the gate, she said, is it peace, you Zimri, murderer of your master? Which is a threat to this man, 32. And he lifted up his face to the window and said, who is on my side, who? Two or three eunuchs looked out at him. He said, throw her down. So they threw her down and some of her blood splattered on the wall on the horses and they trampled on her then he went in and ate and drank and he said see now to this cursed woman and bury her for she is a king's daughter but when they went to bury her they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands verse 36 when they came back and told him he said this is the word of the Lord which he spoke by his servant Elijah the Tishbite in the territory of Jezreel, the dogs shall eat the flesh of Jezebel and the corpse of Jezebel shall be as dung on the face of the field in the territory of Jezreel so that no one could ever say this is Jezebel. Who's on the Lord's side? This is essential that the church is not so naive to realize, to, to, to not realize that there is always an attack there's always an affront. We must look closer. And we must become and be aware of our need for spiritual vigilance, for pure hearts, and be well acquainted 
with repentance, both personally and corporately, because it breaks this curse. I have this poem that I've saved since 2006. It was, it's by Timothy Southall, and I want to read it to you. And I want you to think about it. It says, ever notice when the church starts to grow, some revolt and evil is what they sow. They operate under the spirit of Jezebel, constructing their path straight to hell, making themselves always look needed, letting each other's sins go unheeded. History shows they move from church to church. The unsuspecting innocent is what they search. Their revelation of prophetic dreams is all just part of their evil schemes. They want their fingers in every role to have the whole church under their control. Wanting you to forget the biblical way, they demand you must do what they say. If the elders back down and do as they say, Jezebel remains happy and at bay. Cross the Jezebels and not do their will, and your reputation will go for a spill. Their selfish ambition causes strife and division. They want their way under any condition. They seek to gain others for their side, falsely claiming it's the leaders who lied. We must get down on our knees and fight. Just take care to watch out for their bite. Servants of God will finally win. Jezebel will come to a well-deserved end. Brings me no joy to preach this message, but we're all now spiritually accountable for the things that I've spoken of today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, you know the heart with which we have led your church. You know the affronts, the attacks, the struggles, and the background labors that have happened over the course of these many years. And Father, I pray that the spirit of, 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 of Jehu, because Jehu was not the prophet, he became a prophet after he stood up to this. I pray the spirit of Jehu would be upon the church to just resist to resist the seduction, to resist the manipulation, and to resist the control that comes. Because this spirit, hear me church, is the most demonic thing we deal with. Father, set your people free. We release any soul tie. We release any kind of demonic entanglement that has come upon your people today and say freedom, repentance, chains broken, curses reversed, strength to come in the great name of Jesus. We trust you for your goodness and pray peace upon this house. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can like and subscribe. You can even share this on your social media. If you do, tag us at The Courageous Church and share what God is doing in your life. Always remember, God's calling you to be strong and very courageous in all that you do. I hope to see you soon. God bless.